birds, one stone, two birds, one stone. You're listening to Two Birds, One Stone, the podcast where you can literally ask us anything and we'll answer it with a combination of sincerity and sarcasm, leaving you either elated or filled with regret. You never know what you're going to get until you get it. Two green grass girls giving our take on the world. Strap in at Space Mountain, we hope you don't hurl. Turn up your dials, pour yourself some wine. If you listen to us, you'll be feeling divine. It may get real weird, but you'll feel rad and jazz. Sincerity and sarcasm with a dash of pizzazz. So send us your troubles and send us your woes. We'll open our mouths and we'll see how it goes. We will see ourselves out. We will see ourselves out. We will see ourselves out. Good evening. Good afternoon. afternoon. This is Two Birds, One Stone. I'm Tanya. I'm Andrea. And we are a podcast about life and things. Life and stuff? Life and shit. (laughs) We've lived several lifetimes since the time we last came to you. Mm, We did. I feel like first we should talk about the fact that just before I hit record. God damn it. I knew um, that you were going to go straight. I was, I'm still flustered from the experience. Your face is still slightly red. There, there's this lot, there's this lot across the street from my house that um, has just been empty since I've lived here. And a few years ago, they dug a pit, like, In to basically for what? For a basement. It's like a basement dig out. And anyway, these kids play in this pit nonstop. And so we've just dubbed them the pit kids. And they just go wild for this pit. Like you just, I just never realized how kid, all you need to do is dig a hole and kids will just play in it endlessly, apparently. They bike, the best thing I ever saw was a kid try to razor scooter into it and just eat shit. <laughs> just, they just fall into yeah. it. I don't even under, I don't pit understand kids. the allure. These are simple children. Very Let, simple let's children. Let's just say simple children. So anyway, because my house is directly across the street and I have like a really flat driveway, they have started getting on their bikes in my driveway and then like speed racing down my driveway across a street where there are cars and then like fly into the pit and... You know, liability issues aside, <laughs> fine, yeah. whatever, let them do it. But they also just make an obs- like obscene amount of noise as they're just little boys hollering. And so <clears throat> I was like, Tanya, can you just go maybe open the door and just tell them to? And so she opens the door and just goes, hey, guys, maybe just don't say that way. Like, speed talked so I didn't think it was that fast. I it think was I sent... so fast. And then shut the door and her face was bright red. Like she was so scared of these seven-year-old boys and what they would do. And then 10 seconds later, they're in my driveway. I was like, yeah, 
whatever yeah. message you try to deliver. I'm going to say that Andrea went out after me, and um, they've not come back to the driveway. <laughs> yeah, they're not. She also told them, hey, <clears throat> we're recording something inside <laughs> as though we're big-time podcasters. But, I mean, they have not come back, so. To be fair, I gave them the truth. I laid it out for them. I was very nice. I used please, and they're not back, nor would they dare to be back. So. This is the difference between the two of us, even yeah. on this podcast. Andrea's very direct and commanding Get of her. attention, and then I'm the one that's like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to have a speed talk while my face is red and then real quick. Well, they're out of the driveway, so kudos to you. But do you want to talk a little bit about where we've been and what's been going on? Maybe about a certain trip that we took? Yeah. Oh, where did we go? Oh, yeah. So Did you forget? No. I um, I turned 40, the big, the big full zero. Lordy, lordy. And we... We went down to Mexico, down to Puerto Vallarta, with um, just a lovely collection of humans from various parts of my life, and it was just kind of lovely, kind of exactly what I wanted, and we were right on the beach, had a kind of a beach to ourselves, really, and just lots of day drinking and a pool competition, which was... You know, I just, I really wanted a pool competition. It was per, yeah, it was per Andrea's request, so I made sure on the third day um, there was a handstand contest, there was two lap swimming contests. One was for speed, and then one was for form. Okay. <laughs> um, I failed substantially at basically all of those things. I think my handstand was okay, but then there was an unofficial category of mounting the inflatable unicorn. That was not part of the contest. That but was, nobody could do it but me. Uh, again, that well, Brent did it. One time. Although, I also mounted I do need, it. I do feel like I need to give a shout out to Brent's handstand. Well, actually, just Brent in general in the competition because what he performed was one, one of his, I think it was during his form swimming where one of our friends just said I can give him no score <laughs> yes <laughs> he got a 0.0 because it was just that egregious <clears throat> and his hands I'll never forget his handstand really like what he was doing with his legs I to this day I will I will never understand to this day it's been like a month but <laughs> I'll never. It's like ask how does me he walk on them? How do his legs work? The way it, it was, was just like atrophied. It was legs like... akimbo in such a way that didn't make any human sense. And uh, yes, yeah, sorry. You can talk about your mounting of the unicorn floaty. I feel like I'm already past it. Okay. Okay. So what else? We. I brought the karaoke mics. We did some karaoke. That was a lot of fun. I, Tanya never dances, and so we've now discovered that the way to get Tanya to dance is just put a karaoke mic in her hand, and suddenly she won't stop singing or dancing. I'm performing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a full experience. That it is. That it is. Jello shots, obviously. So many jello shots. The new blend, I will say, guys, if anybody is just 
you know. Also super passionate as a adult about jello shots. Huh? I said this is for the percentage of our listeners that are I, I mean, I would just assume everybody is. So. Okay. Um the combination of peach and mango together, truly I never want another kind of jello shot. And then also I think using silver tequila was also a great, a great new choice. <laughs> You're welcome, is all I'm saying. Um, what else? Do you want to talk about your birthday night? Yeah. Um, we orchestrated, well, basically, I, um, I don't remember if I came up with the idea. You might have come, actually, I think you came up with the idea for yourself. I want people to perform for I me. I want people to perform for me. Yeah. So I said, great. Um, at my grad school, we used to do this like amazing cabaret at the end of all of our residencies. And I was like, why are adults also, I mean, why are they not doing jello shots? Why are we not having like talent shows? So it wasn't a talent show, but everybody was encouraged very strongly to prepare something for Andrea and every single person did. So we had a full fucking cabaret for her 40th birthday where everybody either gave a speech or a roast or... It was just like a a very fun variety of... You know, one of my friends made a cocktail that represented this story that he had of about something that happened to us in college. And um, another friend of mine got up and talked a little bit and then did a toe touch yeah, <laughs> in honor of both of our cheerleading pasts. Yeah, you were both cheerleaders in high school. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, it was a lovely. Yeah, a few of my friends did some weird dance with like YMCA typed arm motions. Like I don't even know what they did, but it was entertaining for sure. And then Tanya and Aaron performed a song. They rewrote um, Indigo Girls Closer to Fine, but Closer to Wine about all about me and my story. (laughs) It was, it was pretty epic. Yeah, it was great. That was great. Although I know now that like the more and more that this happens, everybody expects a custom song for their birthday. Well, I mean, only only special people get custom songs. You can't um, just be handing those out to anyone. Oh, absolutely not. But I do want to note that Andrea A, the second time that we performed it, because there was obviously a repeat performance the next night, Um, She was singing along to her own song, and she has since given me several notes for revisions of things that she would, like, add it in. And I'm like, that is not how this gift works. Feedback. I mean, I can can change my song. I can sing it however I want. (laughs) (laughs) So in order to leave Mexico, we, of course, all had to get COVID tested, and we all tested negative. Hooray! Until... We get back from Mexico, and legitimately, the night of getting back from Mexico, I felt a feeling in my body that I had heard described to me by many a friend, and I said, I fucking have COVID. Yeah, we both tested positive <laughs> right, after we, right after we got back, and rewinding the clock, it became very apparent how we got COVID, which was... 
two friends of mine went to a clothing optional gay boat tour. I called it Dicks to the Wind. Dicks to the Wind. Also our future bar, Dicks and Clips to the Wind. Yeah, because we want to be inclusive. Exactly. And as part of that day extravaganza, they had an orgy in a cave. So I'm fairly certain that we procured COVID from a cave orgy that we did not, in fact, attend. Strangely, there were no t-shirts at any souvenir store that said, my friends went to a cave orgy and all I got was COVID. You know, if you're going to get COVID, I guess at least at least there's a story about it. You know? Get it from Dicks to the Wind, see cave orgies. I wouldn't want COVID, honestly, any other way. No, it's no fun to be like, oh yeah, I went to the grocery store on Sunday and I the guy in the produce section was coughing a lot. You know, that's no fun. No, and the best part is too, when you have COVID, everyone's like, but how do you think you got it? I'm like, I can tell you. No questions. Starts, no. <laughs> starts with a nude boat cruise and yeah. it ends with a cave orgy. Jury is not out on that We one. would not get COVID any other way. Yeah, um, <laughs> that really that really kind of ties the bow on our our Mexico journey. Um, Truly, we've been you know we've been doing some other shit. So I know it's been like a month or so, and so we've done some other things. We went to a pole dancing. I almost said competition, but it definitely wasn't a competition. Why do I I always want to make everything into a competition? A pole dancing extravaganza yeah our friend <clears throat> stacy was performing she was by far the best performer the hands entire down. night hands down hands down hands down it what it, it wasn't a contest but if it was she won yeah i like to make everything a contest yeah. so andrea had ribbons in her purse she was handing them out and then we oh went to the bachelor live on stage we went, I mean, somewhat ironically, but we also are, you know, ironic lovers of love, Bachelor yeah, Nation. Hate. Love hate. And it was the most, I don't think that I knew what to expect, but I did not expect it to be a thing where it was one of the contestants from The Bachelorette and women from Salt Lake City competing for his love. It was so stupid, but... Very entertaining. At and least they served alcohol I, is all I, all I have to say. That's really all I have to say about it. I've got nothing. Absurd but entertaining. The end. First question. Recently I met a really great guy. The problem is there's a but. I met a really great guy, but he lives with his mother. When we first started dating, I figured, you know, COVID, times have been tough. A lot of people lost their jobs. I assumed it was temporary and out of need. However, as we've transcended into wanting to date more seriously, I've realized he actually likes living with her and has no intentions of changing it. While I appreciate the unique bond he has with his mother and value family a lot myself, is it awful that I find myself less attracted to him as a result of this? He often wants me to stay over at his house, which I find very uncomfortable. How do I broach the conversation without hurting his feelings? I would have a lot of trouble with this too. And as somebody who has dated somebody who lives with parents very comfortably, 
I mean, perhaps I don't have a great family dynamic. For me, it was I turned 18 and I GTFO'd as far away as I could. I do understand that there are situations in which it could be mutually advantageous where you have a... I think in other cultures, correct me, I, I mean, I think it's right. In other cultures, it is a bit more normal to share space with your family for longer. For sure. So I do see that side of it. But I also see the side of it being, for me, a red flag that somebody does not desire their independence. That you could still have that very like unique and beautiful bond with a parent, be it your mother or father, but that you would want to have your own space. But that's also dependent on how I feel, which... I say lean in, you know... Bring your laundry over, let her press and fold, ask for a press and fold, you know. Bring your dishes over in a dish tub. Put an like iron it's a, in there. Yeah, like it's a restaurant. Don't even do your own dishes. Bring them over in a dish tub. I've, I mean, I would I would bring my own bell. Oh, you do, know, every time you want something, just ring that bell. Mommy comes running and, hey, I, I would love some popcorn. Hey, a foot massage. Hey, give me a haircut. <laughs> Hey, I don't like the way these jeans fit. Can I, are you a seamstress? <laughs> I was like, where are you going with that? <laughs> I, um. It's a mixed bag. I don't know. Here. It depends on how old, it depends on how old they are. I think it depends on how old they are. I think that there's a time and the place for that. And I think so long as he has an intention, like if you were to get more serious and have this conversation with him. Like if you were ever to decide to move in, I would just test the waters to see if he is open to moving out. Cause it may just be a situation of convenience and you know, okay, I'm just going to, maybe he's saving money to buy a house or, you know, maybe he's lonely and his mom is just really cool. I don't know. There's probably various reasons for it. Next question. Over the past couple of months, I've made the decision to get back out there. To give you some context, I'm coming off of a two-year hiatus after ending a bad relationship, so I've been tentative to jump back in into the wild worlds of dating. In doing so, I've noticed two things. One, while I used to consider myself quite a smooth operator, I now find myself fumbling through first meetings with the awkwardness of a teenager. And two, when I do meet someone great, I immediately come up with some asinine reason I don't like them. I truly want to find a partner in life, and I do think I'm ready, so why am I struggling so much? One. <laughs> oh, you're responding to numbers with numbers. I love it. Smooth operator? I mean, I don't know. Who refers to themselves as a smooth operator? This person. Yeah, well, I, I've, got some, <clears throat> I've got some questions. Some questions around that. I mean, it sounds like... First of all, you're overthinking it, and it sounds like you're beating yourself up. <clears throat> I don't know what you consider fumbling, um, but maybe just don't be so hard on yourself. And at the end of the day, just meeting somebody for the first time, like, what's the worst that can possibly happen? You know, it's like... If it doesn't go well, it doesn't go well. You move on, you know? So taking the pressure off 
and just going into it with an open mind, I think is the best possible, like no expectations. I feel like everybody should go into dating with zero expectations because any expectations you put on it, you will probably be disappointed. Now, in terms of coming up with a reason that you don't like them, it, it actually kind of makes me question whether or not you are ready or if you are, then they're probably just not the right person. And I think especially for those of us who are, <clears throat> and sorry for this constant, it's like this annoying COVID, COVID cough. It's like, yeah, we've this, both had it. This, obnoxious like covid clearing of the throat cough um so get ready for a lot of that today you're yeah. welcome get ready for asmr covid <laughs> yeah <laughs> long-term me, effects me gurgling uh, the the congestion deep in my throat some people might be into it <laughs> so, you don't know sure yeah yeah um i now lost my train of thought. I'm going to get back to it. Give me a second. Find it. Throw okay. your lasso. Bring <laughs> okay. it back. Okay. Cowgirl. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm throwing <laughs> my boomerang and it's, I don't see it. So we'll just start over. Okay. So I don't, I don't, uh, think that if you're okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh, she's back. <laughs> well, she's come back to us. <laughs> took a long time. For those of us a little bit up there in age who have already had a lot of relationships and kind of know, you know, exactly what we want, I know at least for me, I kind of dread the thought of dating again because I know what a good relationship looks like. And so when you know exactly what you want and what you don't want, it's very easy to meet somebody and just immediately be like, nope, that's, that's not what I want. I guess from my experience in life, sometimes people will surprise you. And I've certainly made initial judgments or impressions or had impressions of people that then they proved me wrong or proved me differently. So I would just say, Give that person a chance. If you go out with them a few times and you're still not feeling a connection or or some kind of energetic pulse, then it's probably not meant to be. But maybe give them a try. I mean, my thoughts are, of course, you feel awkward about dating. And for me, I feel like I I do put a little bit more pressure on it as I get older because I know what I want and I don't want. And when you really get down to the grit of it, meeting a stranger for the first time is kind of an uncomfortable thing. And maybe you do it, like for me, I felt like I did it a little bit more flippantly in my 20s and early 30s. And now I definitely overthink it for sure. But I still like, it's the expectation piece, I guess, that gets us because I still get nervous like when I go out to some sort of like industry function and I know that I'm going to be meeting a lot of new people and I don't know anybody. There's that same nerve, but without the expectation when you're looking for a partner, when you're looking for romantic interest. So I think that's totally normal. 
As far as immediately coming up with some asinine reason. Sorry, can I just like interject to that? Because I you're going to anyways. I want wild to. Wild horses va- couldn't stop. You. I want to validate. Yes, I want to validate exactly what you said because I know that a lot of people struggle with that and feel scared and insecure and all of that. And all I want to say is, we are who we are, and so if you meet somebody who doesn't accept you and love you and is like totally fucking jazzed about you for exactly who you are, then that's not your person. So just keep that in mind and maybe that will help, you know, assuage some of that nervous fear, excitement stuff. Coming up with asinine reasons of why you don't like somebody, it reminds me of, I think at one point, my sister called me, me, the Seinfeld of dating, because when you watch Seinfeld, there's always like some weird reason, whether she has man hands or you can't stop thinking about her belly button saying, hello, I can do that a little bit. And I think a lot of it comes from when I have had those moments, um, Really assess, are you ready? Are you ready to date? Because for me, when I start doing that with people, you're looking for an out before you get in. Next question. I have a wonderful employee with whom I love working with. A wonderful employee. Colleague? Wonderful employee. Are you editing people's questions and their grammar? Yeah. I think you mean colleague, but sure, I'll take it. I have no actual issues with him except for... One that I'm not sure how to address. Every time he comes in, I can smell him coming from a hundred yards away. We could be in completely separate areas of the office, and his scent wafts over cubicle walls and around corners he hasn't even walked by yet. You may think I'm going to reference he's got some terrible body odor, and he does, but not in the way you may think. I'm 99% certain this adult man actually starts his day by bathing in Axe body spray, Oh, he may actually have, like, the Axe body wash. Oh. Because that's also a thing. So he could actually... You would know. You're a... Be bathing. Yeah, I'm an... Oh, yeah. I'm an Axe brand ambassador. Yeah. You just revealed my deepest, darkest secret. We are not sponsored by anybody except Axe body wash. Correct. I feel awful because everyone at work talks behind his back. I want to tell him as a helpful friend, but he can be sensitive and I don't want to hurt his feelings. Do I tell him? Help me overcome this olfactory obstacle. I mean, first of all, I'm just very sorry because I have the wonderful privilege of working in a place that's got hoses attached to every wall. I would just hose him down. Mm. Get that get that stench off of him. Mm. I mean, this is a slippery slope, right? Because you're trying to help him out. But he clearly lacks a level of self-awareness. Because I feel like even most, I mean, (laughs) I don't know a lot about men. But I'd say most men that I know, I don't smell them before I see them. (laughs) Like, they're not heavy on the cologne, whether it be Axe body spray or whatever the fuck men wear. I don't know. I'm a lesbian. I've, I had a friend years ago who wore so much and it's a little different when it's a friend I guess because I just always felt like oh man I want to tell him but like I can't tell him you know you know 
how big of a fan I am of delivering messages. Big fan. Love. In a love past life, message. you were just a pigeon courier. Truly, truly, truly. I, I love a, a message delivered in unconventional ways. So, you know, I don't know. Like, you could make him a, a wreath that that's spelled out with juniper berries. Hey, lay off the axe. Um, Go to the woods, find a fox, train him to be a... Is, aren't there courier foxes? Courier foxes? Yeah, that would like run to you with like a little scroll and drop it off like at a seat. Is that a Harry Potter movie? I, I'm, I'm not sure. familiar with courier foxes. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. Like a fox that would bring you a scroll and it would drop it at your feet with its little fox mouth and it would just say, hey. This doesn't sound real to me. It sounds like a Harry You're, Potter why movie. Why don't you go down your little rabbit hole that you're about okay. to go down while I check uh, in with... Courier Fox from the 1300s. Great. <clears throat> I Yeah, I, I just feel like maybe sending an anonymous note would be... Because honestly, like it may be jarring for him to get it in the beginning... But I feel like for him to know what's better, like if I wore some like disgusting thing that every people, every people, that every people was gagging over, I would want to know. I wouldn't, I, yeah, I wouldn't want to just walk around Can we talk about the, here's the thing though. So did you just Google, can you talk to me about carrier foxes? Because you just Googled something and then you came back and then tried to pretend like you didn't Google it. So I'm just... It's, I'm just... I'm staring at... It's, there's it, a there's lot of... nothing there. There's a lot saying. of companies that would suggest that it was a thing at one time, but I can't find... I can't find anything to like really back it up. It's just, it's a cartoon fox is what you're showing me right now. Listen. <clears throat> yeah. I'll so get back. Hire, hire a cartoon fox, um, like a wily e. Coyote even, and have that cartoon deliver a message seems like a very legitimate piece of advice. I was going to say, not, not to sidebar, but Andrea talking about this hypothetically, I want to say that the only time that anybody's ever smelled Andrea out in public, we were waiting for mm. brunch in Park City, and some girl legitimately came up to our group of about four or five, sniffed the air around us and said, I'm so sorry, but who smells like that? And immediately I just looked at Andrea and I was like, none of us. And she was referencing Andrea's perfume and she just goes, that smells insane. You smell insane. (laughs) She was like 20. She was like very millennial. But so Andrea smells insane, but in a good way. Yeah. Not Axe body spray. More like expensive French perfume. Bougie perfume. Perfume. Bougie perfume. Bougie perfume. No, she got me a, like, tiny, I mean, it was like a one-ounce sample that you got. Not even. It was like... It was like the point tiniest. one ounces. And I, I made that last for, like, a week, and I would go into work and just put on this tiny little spritz, and everybody thought I smelled insane. Yeah, some good shit. Yeah, so go see Andrea, and she'll help you with your axe body needs. But, I mean... Realistic advice to this? Do you have any? 
yeah, I gave an invite. Like, tell the guy. Just tell the guy. Make an anonymous... Blah, blah, blah. Make an anonymous note to him if you don't feel comfortable approaching him. But tell him. Just tell him. Because that's embarrassing. And honestly, acts... Get out of here. Just get out. Stop making products. Nobody likes it. It's disgusting. It's like, dial it down 100 million percent, X. All right? So if you're listening, X. I'm sure they are. Please, for the love of all of our noses, just stop. Moving on. After a few years of marriage, I discovered my husband still had sexy videos and nude photos of his ex-girlfriends on his phone. When I asked him about it, he said he'd delete them. After a year, they're still there. (laughs) A cat just walked. Coco just fully walked across the keyboard. She actually popped into this Google Doc earlier and made some edits. And now she's sniffing (laughs) Andrea's shoulder and weirdly crouching. Here we are. After a year, they're still there. He claims he doesn't look at them and just doesn't have time to delete them. Whenever I bring it up, he insists he will delete them. It's starting to sound like a lot of excuses and that he still has an attachment to these women. How do I deal with this? Coco. Coco. I think Coco wants to respond. Coco, she's like, my... She's got things to say. She's like, oh, my ex... Yeah, he had lots of sexy cat photos on his phone. So many, I mean, cats just, they always walk around naked anyways. It's true. All they got. What is she doing? She's she is laughing. She's full on. She's like climbing over my wires. What are you after? Okay. Um, <clears throat> It's unacceptable. Hot bullshit. This, yeah. That's basically. Oh, you don't have time. What kind of time <laughs> do you need to this delete is, Yeah, this is not like, you know. Ask him for a fucking pie this chart is not of how he spends 1763. Like, he doesn't have mur- like stone murals that he needs <laughs> he to just chisel out. Yeah, he's got to like take out to the woods and like, you know, fully dispose of. This is the 21st century. And last time I checked, it takes approximately one second to delete a photo or video so i don't even that is the most absurd excuse i've ever heard that there's no time to delete them i would say he's obviously whacking it to these videos like no question about it 100 percent. so i guess you have to either one i would i mean if you're feeling a certain way about this, which obviously you are because you're writing in about it. I would sit him down be like, oh, honey, I made you dinner. And then be like, oh, actually, this is not a dinner. We're going to sit here while you delete these videos and photos because it does feel... I, sorry, just this cat is climbing in ways that... Um, she just jumped on the Lazy Susan and it rotated a little bit. <laughs> Coco, we're just gonna. She's leaping over. Oh, I'm just. I gave her a little. She goes little, a little butt nudge. Yeah, I um, I think you just gotta either sit him down and force him to delete them, or let it go and just be like, well, porn is porn, whatever. It's just like, what's the difference between, you know, one naked girl and another? (laughs) Even then, though, can I just say as different experience but I did have an ex that kept something in her phone 
that she kept saying that she was going to delete and she didn't. And then I sat down with her and we deleted it together. And that felt equally shitty because I'm like, I'm Yeah, I'm then, having... you're for, then you're like holding a gun to their head and being like, hey, force. Yeah, I mean, if he's, ugh, yeah, I don't know. If he's... It made, yeah, it just, it made you me feel. you married this guy? Yeah. Mm. It made me feel cringy. It made me feel bad about myself. It made me feel bad about the relationship. Like. It's not great. It's not a great situation. It's not a great situation. I would... What is at the root of this like issue? There are more issues than this. This is not your only problem. Your only problem is not Nude photos of his exes. So I would genuinely tell him that it makes you feel uncomfortable and insecure. And to please delete them in your presence or otherwise... And I'm personally... 1-800-D-I-V-O-R-C. What I need is a spreadsheet of how this person spends their day because to not have time to delete a photo, that better be a full fucking pie chart. It better be chock full of really admirable things. I don't want to know how this guy spends his day. No, absolutely not. I don't want to know this guy. I don't want to see him. You just asked for a spreadsheet. Well, just here's the thing. You're yeah. sending conflicting messages. You're asking for a spreadsheet, but then you're saying you don't. What don't do you call me you, out. What do you don't want? Call me what out. do you want? Do you want the spreadsheet or do you? I think I want the spreadsheet because <laughs> okay. if he doesn't have time to do something that takes <clears throat> 0.1 seconds. I'm, uh, spoiler alert, he does. Okay. <laughs> spoiler alert, the other 99% is Pornhub. You do not need to see his day to know the answer to that. To, to. Next question. I listened to your episode on grief the other day and finally had something to write in about. It was insightful to hear your separate experiences in mitigating the different perspectives of loss. A very good friend of mine lost their partner recently, and I want to be able to show up in all the right ways and avoid doing anything that is triggering or unhelpful. I'm curious for your insights from both sides, because I'll be honest, I just don't know what to do. There's really no rule book for the do's and don'ts here, and I'd appreciate getting any advice you might have. Sending all the love to you from across the country. Oh, we'll take it. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Andrew and I have been doing a lot of writing around the grief process for both of us. And um, it's kind of like going back in time a few months. And one of the things that I most recently wrote about was the moment that she showed up at my house and said that her partner had passed away. And I was forced to deal with that in real time. And I just remembering you kind of collapsing on my bed at the same time that I finally realized that I wasn't dreaming and like sprung up. And you fell onto my bed. You were like curled up. And I just remember sitting next to you and thinking, fuck. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this moment. And that was a reoccurring feeling that I had and that I still have sometimes, to be honest, is that you just don't know what to do. So what I have found has worked best for me in helping you is just asking. I mean, it takes you to uncomfortable limits of communications, like with your friends, where you don't always know which, I mean, you didn't know what you wanted, a lot of the time, so I had to ask. And sometimes it's hard to ask, but just continuing to show up and be there and ask. 
I'd say a big don't is don't don't think about right. I mean, of course, think about right now. What could your friend need? But um, think about later because the one thing that I've seen happen is that people show up, and we talked about that in this episode too. Is people show up hard and fast, and it's not that they disappear, but they do go away, and your friend is still in that deep, deep grief and space and mourning and. You did all of these things in the beginning and, you know, now they're down to several friends that are still there checking in. Yeah, I mean, everybody processes grief and loss very differently. And I've been going to a grief support group the last five weeks and have for the first time since this happened, had the opportunity to hear other people's perspectives that have gone through loss of their uh, partner or spouse. And I've seen that people really do deal with things differently. And so I do think checking in and asking what that person needs is really important. And sometimes they may not know. And so I think that there is a lot of dynamic action that has to happen, but checking in is really important and checking in, especially in the first couple months on a daily basis is really important because, you know, especially when you lose your partner or spouse, that, create such a void and a loneliness um, that person that they probably lived with and spent all their time with is suddenly gone and so people are faced with this you know immense void in their lives and having somebody just to text or stop by or even like a five minute phone call or something you know, that means a lot. The impact of that is is huge. Yeah. This is take four of this question, mostly because... Andrea can't stop burping. There's been burping. It wasn't just me burping, all right? I burped once. You burped uh, four to my one. Okay, anyway, continue. Read the, read the goddamn question. <laughs> My parents divorced when I was in high school. It was amicable, and I maintained incredibly close relationships with both of them. A couple of years after my sister and I left for college, my father met a woman and eventually remarried. My sister and I have never cared for her, but we both live a few hours away from them, so sucking it up a few times a year isn't that big of a deal. I've been planning a concert trip slash trip for my sister's birthday with some close friends and family. I got us all tickets and hotel rooms, but now our brother is unable to make it. We just invited our dad, who seemed okay with the explanation of keeping it small, into immediate family. But now, with my brother not attending, he's starting to press me on wanting to bring his wife since we have an extra spot. Apparently, she's been complaining about not being invited and is mad at him for even agreeing to go without her. I can't imagine a more excruciating weekend. I love my dad, and I really want him there, but I don't know how to respond. I know he is only asking because she is pushing, and I know the way that we feel towards her is mutual. How do I get him to come and leave her at home? I think I just blacked out. That was like, that was a lot. 
Well, it's not about your dad or your dad's wife. It's about your sister. Is that the one that was having the birthday? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to it. Great. You've regained I got, consciousness. <clears throat> I got the, uh, the main facts of this. So I think it's a fucking okay to pull up your big girl panties and call your dad and just say, this is about Cassandra and Cassandra doesn't like Darcy. And so you can't bring Darcy. In fact, we to all the party. hate Darcy. Everybody hates Darcy. Who likes Darcy? She's a raging bitch. Hmm. She's making this about her, and guess what? It's not. It's about Cassandra. Cassandra, it's her birthday. So really think about that, Daddy, and then tell me if you want to bring your bitch wife, Darcy. There you go. The end. Just record. Just play him back what I just said, and exactly. See Be like, what I wrote into a podcast to two people I don't know that are, you know, not qualified to give advice. Uh, speak for yourself. I'm the one with the master's degree. <laughs> Who cares about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you just you, you just gotta lay it out. You just gotta lay it out. It's not worth ruining a birthday over you know it's not your fault or cassandra's fault that daddy married a asshole i mean i think it's also okay to just be like hey like we're not to even say we're not looking to fill that spot like this is everybody who was invited and if somebody can't make it we're not looking oh oh that's interesting (laughs) oh you want to bring darcy we're we're actually not yeah we're not looking to fill that spot right now yeah bob who can't come like everybody else has very like dynamic expressive names but bob can't come and we're not looking to fill bob's spot yeah bob is actually he's he's already venmoed me and he said you know what I don't need my money back. He's like, anybody can come except for Darcy. (laughs) Bob has put a contingency on it. Yeah. So I think the answer has been made. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Fellow member of the LGBTQ plus alphabet here. I am writing in because I figured y'all might be the perfect two people. (laughs) Yeah, we are, I think. I mean, just in general, across yeah, the board. Exactly. Oh, okay, there's more. To come up with some witty anecdotes, ideas for icebreakers, etc. For my foray into queer speed dating, a local queer center started putting on these events, and I've been psyching myself up for months and finally bit the bullet and signed up. What I need to do is figure out how the hell to introduce myself in a four-minute span. Firstly, what on earth do I talk about? And then how do I stand out? I would be forever grateful for any help. Well, okay. The, the Just of- silence. <laughs> complete and utter silence. I mean, that's this is coming from somebody who has not really dated in probably several years. You have gone on dates. I mean, I have gone on dates, but I don't... What is What is the quintessential... How would you... If we were queer speed dating right now, what would you say to me about yourself? I mean, I was the one that read the question, so I thought you were the one that was... So now you're turning it back on me. I'm 
turning the tables. I think I would initially, well, I would initially, because it's just kind of my style, ask them questions about themselves first. That is a good thing to remember because sometimes when I get really nervous or I get caught up in a <laughs> yes, moment. I have to remind you. Last time you went on your date, I was like, don't talk about yourself the whole time. Ask questions. Yeah, because I'll just like talk on and on about God knows what, but remembering to ask questions and then when people answer to ask reflective questions to get more am I a narcissist what is wrong with me I would rather not answer that question but yes being inquisitive is great be inquisitive and yes like listening to somebody but then dynamically asking questions and like saying something about yourself but then like there's ask them if they got COVID from a cave orgy is what I'm hearing. Don't ask them that because that's just a story about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see myself out. I think it's, yeah, it's very important to be dynamic and conversational and it's not just about you, but it's about the other person. So, you know, I would say like maybe a, a tit for tat, like give a small piece of information about yourself, but then ask a question. Yeah. Like something I would probably talk about myself is that I really like, what are kind of the fundamental things that you love about yourself and that, you know, you most identify with? Like for me, travel is like one of my biggest passions. So I may say, you know, talk about how much I love to travel and maybe talk a little bit about a place that I've been to that I love. And then I would then ask the person, like, where's the last cool place you went? And kind of start a conversation based on that. I do like that idea. Like, think about the one thing that makes you quintessentially yourself. I'd say for me, that's like, I love going to the desert. And I love going to the desert alone. And thinking about, okay, like, I can say this thing about myself, but then leave a segue for them of... Yeah. Do you like to camp? Like, what kind of... I mean, especially in this town in Salt Lake, it's like everybody... Nobody's living in this town who doesn't like the outdoors. So that's such an easy way to, to start a conversation. But yeah, I think just identifying a few factoids and passions of yours... And talking a little bit about them, but then not too much about them. (laughs) And then asking a question. And if, and then if the person, if you're like, oh yeah, I love doing this thing. Like maybe you're super into archery and that's like your fucking jam. And you're like, oh my God, archery. And, And then they just like look at you blankly. It's probably not, you know, maybe it's not a person. Maybe you need an archery. How we got to archery. I don't know. It's just like what came to my mind. You weren't in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Oh, okay. Goodbye. Next. Speed dating. Ding. Is there a ding? Ding. Ding. Final question. (laughs) Just beckoned me three times about it. (laughs) My partner and I have gotten engaged and are getting married next year. Although we obviously spent most of our time together leading up to this enormous next step for us, we actually didn't cohabitate until now. Everything about him is absolutely perfect except for one thing. I've been an avid animal lover my whole life. 
While I noticed he never overly engaged with my beloved cat when at my place, now I have slowly come to realize that he actually seems to loathe the idea of pets. He even made a comment the other day about how he won't miss all the cat hair once it's gone. The man is literally offing my cat in his head. This has me questioning everything. Does he lack compassion for all things living? Am I potentially marrying a serial killer? It may seem insane, but I'm reconsidering the engagement completely. Is this a red flag? Well, first of all, why is he calling your cat an it? That's sad. It is sad. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe it's a they-them cat. It could be a non-binary cat. We're here for cats across every spectrum. I'm here for all the LGBTQ plus cats. Absolutely. It's a shout out to all of you listening. Meow, meow. All all of you cats. All you LGBTQ plus cats. (laughs) You're all looking at each other's pussies. So, I don't know. I mean, some people just don't like animals, which I think is a little strange, but, and some people also, cats, people are, people are weird about cats. People have a thing about cats. People love or hate cats. Personally, as you know, love. Yeah. But there are plenty of people who... Personally, I think people who don't like animals are sociopaths. I know a couple people, though, that don't like animals, and I don't think that they're sociopaths. They're just, like, not super into, I don't know, there's just, like, something about that animal connection they're not super into. But if you're an animal lover, to be with somebody who's not an animal lover, that would be a bit challenging. So either they've got to come to terms with the fact that you're going to have pets, for the rest of your life, or you're gonna break over, break up over a cat. I mean, I don't know. You can't like force somebody to. Maybe it's just the type of them. Maybe they're into reptiles. Like maybe pop into a snake situation. Maybe pop a into parrot. a lizard. Fucking parrot. Absolutely not. Do not get a parrot. <laughs> Tarantula. <sighs> now I'm just naming things that you don't like for fun. Yeah. Rat. Get rats. Ooh. Rats. Ooh, I rats. have I have heard rats are good pets. Yeah. I mean, there's all kind of pets. You know, you can get a goat. You can get. I mean, I've been wanting alpacas for I can't tell you how long. Many, many a year. Pop into an alpaca situation. You know, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's just not a cat person. Yeah. Maybe he likes zebras. Maybe he likes get get a giraffe. Do you have a large tree in your backyard that could use some grazing? I hope you also live in Africa, because <laughs> otherwise that's just not cool. <clears throat> don't get giraffes or zebras if you don't live in Africa. Yeah, this is Andrea's PSA about responsible pet owning. Yeah, don't get like weird. Yeah, don't yeah. get like if a you monkey. live in like North Dakota, don't get a <clears throat> water buffalo. <laughs> sure. Sure. Actually, there probably are water buffaloes in North Dakota. Who knows? Sure. There's all kinds of pets. So, you know, maybe just um, get some flashcards, pop some pet pictures, animal pictures on there. See what he responds to. You you could be surprised. Maybe you'll find, you know, a mutual love for armadillos. Oh, definitely. <laughs> An anteater. Oh, anteaters. Little mm. baby anteaters. Yeah, little baby. 
so cute. Raise it together. Little snails. Get some snails. Yeah, get a ton of snails. Yeah. Make a snail farm. Get an ant farm to start. Start small scale. Work your way up. Mm. <laughs> I know I know it's good when Andrea only responds to me with like a weird noise while twirling her hair and making eye catch. Mm. Mm. Ant farm. Mm. <laughs> That actually sounds like my nightmare. I fucking hate ants. Oh, well, I still owe you a birthday gift, so I'll make sure it's a wall-sized. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, one of those, like, wall-sized ant farms with all of the tunnels. Oh, my God. That would be the worst waste of money, because I would just get, like, a gallon of Roundup and, like, pour it in. <laughs> I think I, mean, I have. Speaking, I think I have an ant killer in the garage. I would just like pour it into the. You're very garden. hard to shop for. <clears throat> I don't disagree, but certainly buying ants <laughs> is not the answer. Damn it! Ants are never the answer. I'm just gonna say that as a blanket <laughs> statement. Is that the name of this episode? <laughs> yeah, ants are not the answer. Ooh, it does have a nice alliteration it to does. it. It does. I love alliteration. It has a ring to it. Yeah, it does. Mm. <laughs> mm. Ant, ant farms. Mm. We don't have any more questions. I'm so sorry. You know, if you want more questions, then... Write them in. Read Dear Abby. <laughs> um, so what we do have is... A little bit of a, you know, just like an anecdote, a little story, a project that that we're um, cooking up, like witches brewing a stew. It's in the cauldron. Yeah. We've we got, do have a cauldron. We've got some Newt's tail and yeah, some, some frankincense. Definitely some human hair and... Double, double, boil and trouble. Exactly. Toil and trouble, I think it is. What did I say? Boil in trouble. <laughs> all right. She's always here to correct me, folks. That's all right. You know, I'm a Shakespearean expert. Uh, so, um, you know, ever since, ever since Toby passed, I've felt this strong calling to do something with this situation. Um, you know, obviously it impacts my life in various ways. It's changed who I am and many things about me, but I don't want to be a victim to this situation. I don't want it to just be something that has happened to me and I want to create something out of it, something positive, something that helps other people. And I've, I've kind of toiled a lot with what that is. And, and I'm sure like over the years it may change and it may be multiple things and I don't know, but Tanya and I were chatting a couple weeks ago and collaboratively had this idea of writing a book. Um, about each of our perspectives with with the situation with grief with loss and all of the facets that 
come along with it. And uh, we've both started writing, and and for me, I know it's been extremely cathartic so far just to kind of get get things out of my head and you know emotional at times yes but also empowering as well and um I don't really know where it's going to end up or what it's going to look like in the end but I feel I feel pretty fucking good about it about the concept and about the idea yeah um what you've shared with me is really fucking beautiful the way that you write is I mean, it takes me back to the moment, but I was also there in that moment. But I do feel like it can kind of take people into the experience. And for me personally, I I love reading about Andrew's experience, but I'm trying to write as well about somebody that is in the position of supporting somebody going through grief, which me coming into the situation, I did not and I still don't know what to do so it's been a learning process all like along the way so I just think the perspective of writing from her experience with grief and my experience with grief and what it looks like on both sides is something that's kind of unique and as far as I can tell from my very like preliminary research when this all happened like it doesn't exist yeah, I think it's a it's a different concept from both of our perspectives and I think, you know, our personal experiences and each of our voices are unique in their own right and obviously there will be humor, also tears, so many tears. Um so I'm excited. I think it's just it's a it's a nice I don't I don't know <clears throat> what will happen with it and you know but it is something that I feel excited about and at the at a very minimum it feels like a really good um exercise as part of this healing process I mean writing writing is healing for me so I mean if you're going through anything writing about it I feel like is kind of you when you put that stuff down I was going to say on paper but nobody's on paper anymore hardly but there is something about releasing feelings and emotions and experiences from your fingers to whether it be a screen or paper that is just wonderful. Yeah. So that's what we're up to. Um, I don't know what the summer holds. We've got various things on the horizon, but just kind of playing it by ear. But we'll hopefully record sooner than we will I feel like we, we always say that now. and then shit happens but may yeah. is actually pretty clear and open for us so we can actually yeah make it a priority we'll promise not promise to have another episode in may we can absolutely <laughs> no we can do an episode in may i'm not promising anything i'm promising well i'm it, not promising because it's a solo episode where it's just me and i turn bright red and say nothing for <laughs> One hour. It's just Tanya sobbing into the microphone <laughs> for 45 minutes. Yeah, enjoy it. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds... Oh, well, that sounds really sad. Don't... You would listen, though, to be nice. No, I would not. <laughs> Don't make me. I would not listen to that. Oh. So sorry. You're not a very good friend, are you? 
Not I no who wants to listen to anybody crying for forty five minutes? Yeah, so sorry. Maybe some people. Mm. Well. Save it for your YouTube channel, Les Loop. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Must you? Yeah. There it is. No, nobody's gonna get that reference. They are. Tanya's YouTube channel is called Les Loop. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're gonna get it because I'm now doubling down and telling everybody. I feel like I've referenced it before, so if you haven't checked it out, please check it out. Leslie. It's it's literally me from age, like, what, 20 to 23? I don't know. I, all I'm <laughs> saying is if you need a good laugh, pop into that Leslie YouTube channel. Um, I don't know. That's really all I've got. That's my biggest advice right now is uh, Leslie. So <laughs> you're, you're welcome in advance. <clears throat> and with that... We'll We'll see see ourselves ourselves out. out.